Hey there, it's Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. This is the M News Now, and we're bringing you the latest news from the cannabis industry. So get ready. Last year, Nevada's governor signed legislation to legalize cannabis consumption lounges. And last week, the Nevada Cannabis Compliance Board announced that they have official dates now for when license applications will begin being accepted. There's a small application window that will be from October 14th to 27th. They're issuing a total of 65 licenses. And they've indicated that those licenses will be issued very shortly after that. 45 out of the 65 licenses available will be designated for existing retail stores. A member of the Cannabis Control Board, Rihanna Durrett, said that the existing retail stores' lounges will likely open a lot faster each because each company is automatically entitled to a license if they want it. And many of these retail store owners have been preparing for this and already have infrastructure in place so that they'll quickly be able to convert facilities into lounges. With all this in mind, there could be dozens of these existing retail stores who could get their consumption lounges open for business by early 2023. Ms. Durrett also said that the Cannabis Control Board will also be doing a lottery for the additional 20 lounges for non-dispensary owners. Those lounges would probably take a bit longer to open due to time needed for building their facilities. The new consumption lounges will be required to educate customers on proper limits and, like a bar, they'll need to use discretion when serving customers who appear intoxicated. Lounges would also have plans in place for limiting impaired driving such as partnering with rideshare companies and or having a no-tow policy so that patrons could take a taxi or an Uber home and then come back to get their car the next day without fear of it being towed away. There will also be state regulations for limiting secondhand smoke for employees and for ensuring that consumption is not visible from the outside. Additionally, cannabis consumption lounges would not be allowed to sell alcohol, tobacco, or any nicotine products. And casinos would not be allowed to open consumption lounges because the Nevada Gaming Commission has already warned its members that cannabis cannot be allowed anywhere on their properties, due to the fact that cannabis is still listed as a federal Schedule I status drug, and that illegal federal status affects the gaming rules. Now, for those who are wondering how the casinos would be feeling about all of this, well, so far they've not been supportive of this new venture, as it could clearly be taking away some draw from their facilities. Chris Laporte, who's the owner of Reset Vegas, which is creating a cannabis restaurant in collaboration with Thrive Dispensary, thinks that the casinos will not interfere further with the progress of consumption lounges. He said, Cannabis is that new boom that Las Vegas has no choice but to accept. We hope federal regulations make it easier for our casino friends, but for now, we're creating a place for this tourism boom. It's going to put heads in beds, and that's good for everyone here. As for what we can expect to find in these soon-to-come cannabis consumption lounges, we have a few ideas already from some of the big retail stores in the area. And one retail store actually already has their own consumption lounge. It's owned and operated by the Las Vegas Paiute Tribe on their own sovereign land, which is just a short drive from the downtown strip area. The tribe's consumption lounge has been the only one in the state thus far, thanks to a state law that allows tribes to create their own regulations for state legal cannabis. The Piot Tribe's location is called the New Woo Cannabis Marketplace and the adjacent Tasting Room. They offer flour, pre-rolls, dabs, edibles, and infused foods and beverages. They can also provide equipment such as bongs and pipes for you to use. Inside, the place is cozy with wood beams and wood shelving all around, giving it sort of a natural feel. There's also lots of comfy black leather seating and tables to settle into. 
The bright lights keep the place from feeling too dark, and overall, it sort of feels like being in a nice restaurant. And while this setup is already working well for the tribe, with the new cannabis consumption lounge legislation taking place, they're also going to expand. The Tribal Council recently broke ground on a new 200,000-square-foot location that they want to turn into more of a nightclub-style cannabis lounge. One current retail store that definitely plans to open their own lounge is Planet 13. They currently have the world's largest dispensary with 16,000 square feet of retail shopping space. They also own a 4,500-square-foot Mexican restaurant that they're planning to turn into a massive entertainment complex. Owners Larry Schleffler and Bob Grosbeck told Leafly that it'll be a lounge of true luxury. The site will be able to host 400 guests, and in addition to cannabis, it will also feature live music and food. Another venue that's spoken about their imminent plans is a downtown Las Vegas location owned by Chris Laporte, who's also owned several other successful nightclubs in the area. Laporte's latest company, Reset Vegas, is teaming up with Thrive Dispensary and creating a restaurant that will feature live music and DJs, along with cannabis-infused gourmet foods, such as filet mignon. Laporte said, Picture classic Las Vegas and the lounge singing. We designed a supper club where you have great eats paired with well-curated music. These are just a few of the many plans that will soon be coming to Las Vegas. It'll be exciting to see all the other creative ways that businesses will come up with to draw people into their cannabis consumption lounges. We can't wait. Pennsylvania's Lieutenant Governor, John Fetterman, is running for Senate. He's also been a longtime outspoken supporter of cannabis legalization. And as a Democratic candidate running against a Republican candidate, Dr. Mehmet Oz, Fetterman has been under attack which of course is typical behavior for either political party in an election situation, unfortunately. One of the issues that the opposing party has been repeatedly focusing on as a means to undermine Fetterman is his support of cannabis. And of course, some of these so-called facts to prove their anti-cannabis stance are often not facts at all and can be twisted and sometimes false. This week on Monday's Fox News, former President Trump's campaign manager and later senior counselor, Kellyanne Conway, tried to lash out against Fetterman and attack his pro-cannabis stance. Conway was on Sean Hannity's show and took the opportunity to attempt to discredit Fetterman and his campaign. She spoke of Fetterman's term as lieutenant governor in Pennsylvania and said, He put the marijuana flag up. He thought that was funny. She added, Here's why that's not funny, that there's been a doubling of overdose deaths in Pennsylvania while he's been in office from 2015 to 2021. She then added, Fentanyl is rankling every corner of the state. There's a lot to unpack in that. First, he didn't put the flag up to be funny. He put the flag up, along with other flags, to show support for the causes that he believes in. In this case, he has long advocated for cannabis legalization. He doesn't find cannabis funny. He believes it should be legalized. That's why it's being flown. As for the deaths, there has not been a doubling of overdose deaths in Pennsylvania since he was in office from 2015 to 21, but she was close. The Pennsylvania Office of Drug Surveillance and Misuse Prevention reports that there was a 40% increase in drug overdose fatalities from 2015 to 2021. The vast majority of those was from fentanyl and opioids. It's not clear how Conway transitioned, he put the marijuana flag up, and he thought that was funny, to overdose deaths and fentanyl being in every corner of the state. The way she said it did seem to link Fetterman's flying the marijuana flag to overdose deaths in the state, and implying that he somehow thought it was all funny. Pennsylvania's overdose rate was 40% from 2015 to 2021. 
the whole country's overdose rate from 2017 to 2021 was 35 percent. But that was also in two years less time than Fetterman's years in office. So if you compare the same years, the overdose rate is about the same. And if that's Fetterman's fault in Pennsylvania, then it must also have been Trump's fault nationally during that same time frame when he was president. You can't have one and not the other. Or perhaps it's neither of their personal or political party's faults. Perhaps this is just the overwhelming problem of opioids and fentanyl, neither of which have anything to do with cannabis. And yet, cannabis is being called out by Kellyanne Conway as being part of the problem. But in retrospect, looking at Kellyanne Conway's past, she has famously coined her own term of alternative facts, which she used to use constantly when she worked in office to describe the former administration's spin on something. So now, apparently, her take on cannabis and Fetterman are also alternative facts. But another way of saying it could be twisting the truth. And if you'd like, all of the numbers could easily be fact-checked through the federal government's National Health Institute, the National Institute on Drug Abuse, and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Marijuana Moment reported that Ohio's medical marijuana sales have officially surpassed the $1 billion mark since dispensaries started serving patients in April of 2019, according to data that was posted by the Ohio Medical Marijuana Control Program on Sunday. The state is currently preparing to double the number of dispensaries by early 2023, with 70 new licenses that have been granted by a lottery system back in May. And more retail locations will definitely lead to more sales. Building on the medical marijuana program, cannabis activists in the state are also hoping to have adult-use legalization up for voting on next year's ballot. A recent poll found that a slim majority of Ohio voters would support marijuana legalization at the ballot. This year, though, voters will be able to decide on decriminalization in several jurisdictions. That will be in Corning, Helena, Hemlock, Kent, Laurelville, Rushville, and Shawnee. There have already been decriminalization measures enacted in at least 27 different other local jurisdictions within Ohio. And hopefully, this fall's election will bring several more. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates. And follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later. Later.